Hey Travis, you ever have weird dreams that you didn't understand? Isn't every dream like that? So yes? What's this got to do with this week's Kids Corner, Joel? Owen's been having weird dreams lately, and he's telling Sam all about one of them right now. How weird are we talking? Dunno. Let's listen in. Hey, Olin. Late for class, too? Kyle, what are you doing here? Running to our classroom? But you don't go to my school. Of course I do. Ever since we were little kids, we've been going to the school together. Remember? Oh, yeah. Come on, let's try to sneak in before Sam sees us. Sam's our teacher? Shh. All right, class. So I know that some of you weren't here for the exam. That'll take five points off your houses, I'm afraid. However, if you want to make your grades, you can report to the danger room after recess. And whoever wins the all-county trophy can expect a passing grade. Ah. Hey, Flynn, shush. Kyle, he's going to give us away. Just run from your desk. I'll cover for you. Does anyone have any questions? I do. Is there going to be a test on the textbook for next year? Mr. Jacobs, why are you at school? That was last week, Lionel. Oh, okay. I'll tell my mom to write me a permission slip for that. Good plan. All right, class, remember to watch cartoons today and be sure that you don't miss the Ninja Knights episode four, chapter six through two. Wait, we just got here. This is so weird and yet makes so much sense for some reason. Don't fight it, Olin. It's a dream. Beat you to the swings. But I don't get it. Is there a problem, Olin? I saw him sneaking into class. Is that so, young man? Look at his face. You know it's true. I, uh, please. Looks like you're going to have to go where all the bad students go. <laughs> the radio room. Indeed. Start it up, Lionel. Have fun, Olin. Wow, Olin, that was quite the dream. Are you okay? Yeah, it's kind of scary when I say it out loud, but you know how when you're dreaming, everything kind of seems pretty normal? Yeah. It was like that when I woke up, too. H-I-E-V-E-R-Y-B-O-G-Y, exclamation mark. <laughs> hey, Kyle, what, what's up? G-E-T-T-I-N-G-R-E-A-D-Y. Why are you talking like that? Yeah, why are you spelling out everything? G-E-T-T-I-N-G-R-E-A-D-Y, exclamation point. Yeah, you mentioned that. <sighs> Getting ready? <laughs> ready for what? T-H-E-S-U-P-E-R-S-P-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-P-E-C-T-A-C-U-L-A-R, exclamation point. Run that by me again. T H E the S U P E R the super S P E L O. For Pete's sake, Kyle, can you just talk like a normal person? I can't. I've got to practice. Practice for what? If you hadn't have interrupted me, you would know by now. Hey now, what's with all the arguing over here? Kyle's been showing off his spelling chops. I wasn't showing off, Sam. I was practicing for the super spelling spectacular. Oh, I see. Is that like a spelling bee? P-R-E-T-T-Y-M-U-C-H. Kyle, please stop. Okay. Kyle! I was saying okay! I wasn't, well, I was not spelling. O-K-A-Y, exclamation point. Ah. <laughs> How about we just listen to the radio for a while? Sounds good to me. 
So tell me about this spelling spectacular, Kyle. Is it something for school? Kind of. But it's summer. Why do you have school stuff in summer? Schools have events in the summer. Besides, I'm homeschooled and sometimes we never stop. That sounds rough. Eh, we can go on vacation any time of the year, so it kind of evens out. Anyways, yeah, some big education company's doing a promotion kind of thing to boost literacy. Whatever that means. The winner gets $1,000! Whoa, that's a pretty hefty sum. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. You do realize this prize is a scholarship, right? Hey, money is money. So that's why you were practicing so much. I didn't know it was that kind of prize. Yep, gotta be in tip-top shape and have the answers in an instant. Go ahead, Mr. Jacobs. Throw a hard one at me. Okay, um, hieroglyphic. The professor studied the hieroglyphic. Hieroglyphic. Okay, hieroglyphic. H-Y, no, H-I-R, no, H-I-E. I'm pretty sure that's longer than an instant, Kyle. It's hard, okay? You spell it. I'm not part of the spelling thing. You're the one that has to have all the answers. I'm just a kid, Olin. No one expects me to have all the answers. I don't know. I'm just a kid, too, and people expect me to have all sorts of answers all the time. What are you going to be when you grow up? What's your favorite subject? When are you going to get married? People ask you when you're getting married? Yeah, as if kids have that figured out. <laughs> I think they might be teasing you with that one. Are you okay, Sam? Me? Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about something I read in the Bible recently. It was talking about how we need to always have an answer for the hope that we have. I don't get it. What kinds of questions does our hope ask? I not be remembering it right. I think you're talking about 1 Peter 3.15. That's where God tells us to always be prepared to answer people when they ask us why we have hope in our lives. Hope in our lives? I mean, isn't Jesus the reason why we have hope in our lives? Sure, but sometimes that's not enough, Olin. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. And that's when you've got to spit some facts, Bible knowledge, and teaching. That's why it's important to study the Bible so you can win any debate and own the opposition. Um, right. I think I should point out that the verse goes on to say that we need to give our answers gently and with respect. That's something I've seen less and less of when I watch people online who give all the answers. They may be spitting facts and owning their opponents, but they do it in a way that puts others down and puts themselves higher. And as important as it is to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us and to have answers for people's questions about what we believe, the fact of the matter is, we need to do something else that is just as important. Practice in front of the mirror? Pray about it? Something you have a script about? I think Sam wins this one. Let me go see what I can find. Lionel Jacobs comes the uplifting drama, The Two Balloons, an adapted biblical teaching about love. Once upon a time, in a small town in the middle of nowhere, there were two friends, Dan and Brad. We're the main characters. Don't you think they know that? They might need things spelled out for them. These two friends got along like brothers, which from time to time meant they erred on the competitive side of things. My watermelon is redder than yours. It is not. Is too. See? Oh, yeah. 
One day, a car pulled up. Hello, can I help you? Good morning. I was just going to staple this flyer to the telephone pole here in front of your house, if that's okay. It's advertising the hot air balloon competition happening next month. Hey, Brad, what's going on? This lady chose the telephone pole in front of my house to hang her poster. Something about a balloon show. It's more than a show. It's a competition. Entrants get points for size, creative design, and theme. Then, whoever has the most points at the end wins the grand prize. Both of the friends looked at each other for a moment and immediately ran to their garages. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> All right, time to get designing. Okay, I need a basket and some rope. I'm thinking it will be the shape of a house. Kind of like an upside down version of that one movie with uh, the old guy. What color should my balloon be? Eh, I'll figure that out later. They both worked long and hard on their balloons. And on the day of the competition, they brought out their creations. Hey, Dan, where's your balloon? Oh, I've got it in the trunk. It won't take long to set up. Where's yours? Getting unloaded as we speak. That's good, Charlie. Jump it right there. That's huge. You're looking at 9,000 square yards of nylon right there, my friend. 27 miles of thread, and wait until you see the basket. Ah! Hello again, boys. The conditions are perfect today. Why don't you start inflating your craft so the judging can begin? Right away. Inflate? Yeah, you know. Fill it up with hot air. It would seem that in his rush to have the biggest, the most creative, and most fun-themed balloon in the contest, Brad had forgotten the very thing that makes a hot air balloon work. Hey, uh, Dan, you wouldn't happen to have an extra burner, would you? Why would I have an extra burner? I only need one. Yeah. Brad watched sadly as the other balloons took shape around the limp form of his huge nylon bag. The judges shook their heads at the sad sight. They got out their clipboards and... Wait, here, Brad. You can use my burner. But what about your balloon? I'm not going to win with it anyways. Might as well help you out. Hmm. Alternate ending. I like it. And so, with Dan's burner, Brad's hot air balloon rose from the ground. Its colossal form blotted out the sun, and the judges quickly scribbled in their notebooks. That's a winner if I ever saw one. Which one of you is responsible for this piece of art? That would be Dan. He's the real winner. The moral is that as Christians, we often try to serve God doing all sorts of things. We can lead worship, teach others, or know all there is to know about the Bible. We can perform miracles and have mountain-moving faith, but in the end, if we have all of these things and don't have love for God and the people around us, our hard work and achievements can be as useless as a balloon without a burner. More coffee, Sam? No, thanks. All right. Mr. Jacobs, could I ask you a question about the story we read earlier? The story about the balloons? Okay, Olin, what's up? Are you feeling a little deflated? Huh? Never mind. What's your question? It's about the moral. I guess I just don't really understand. You said without love, all the good things we do are kind of useless. But I thought doing what is right and having faith was what living for Jesus was all about. Yeah. You've told us plenty of times how important it is to do what's right, and you're always using Bible knowledge to teach us how to live. If it's useless, then why do we need to learn it? I 
think you guys aren't catching on to something very important. That's uh, kind of why we're asking, Sam. All right, Kyle. What Sam and I are saying is that all of these things are important, but they only make a real difference in our lives if we're doing them because we love God and the people around us. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 64, 6 and 1 Corinthians 13 that our good deeds are nothing by themselves. But this doesn't mean that they aren't important. I use the example of the hot air balloon because it's a beautiful mode of transportation as long as it has the hot air inside. Just like doing what God tells us to do is a beautiful thing as long as we're doing it with God's Spirit inside us spreading His love. It's kind of like if I studied the Bible really hard and learned all there was to know about the Bible and then you came up to me with a question and I treated you like you were really dumb for not knowing the answer. Would that be living for God? Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I think I understood that example a little better than the thing about the hot air balloon, Mr. Jacobs. Oh, well, I'm glad you were able to understand from a more literal angle. Yeah, I mean, sometimes your metaphors work, but that one was a little on the vague side. I don't know. I got it. I'll take it into consideration. Well, you know, it's just something some to think about. I appreciate it. Well, now that we've got all that sorted out, it's time I head out, I think. All right. Glad you could stop by. Oh, and Kyle? Yeah? Uh, G-O-O-D-L-U-C-K-W-I-T-H-T-H-E-S-P-E-L-L-I-N-G-C-O-M-P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N. T-H-A-N-K-S! Exclamation point. Guys! Uh, want to turn off the R-A-D-I-O, Sam? S-U-R-E! Exclamation point. 